10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6. Hello, and welcome to Rocket Fuel, your daily update everything that's happening in the Rocket Fuel community. My name is Wack, today is July 24th, and um, today's episode is another one where you won't see my face, and maybe the sound quality will be a little bit lower than normal. However, I'll be back to normal from tomorrow, which is episode 221. Um, I'll be back home and with my usual um, AV setup. So anyway, uh, let's get started. The first thing is we have this update from Joe saying, hello, I'm here at Node Operators. We have just released the first major smart node update since Atlas version 1.10. We've been working with this for quite a while in response to community feedback. The details can all be found in the patch notes on GitHub, though the important bits are covered in the summary below. So version 1.10 or 1.10 is a recommended update for the following node operators. People with Nethermind, Nimbus, Prism and Tickle users. Anyone that generates their own rewards trees instead of downloading the ones created by the ODAO is required for all all ODAO members um, as it includes an important consensus change which is discussed below. This is important dates. Oracle DAO members must update to version 1.10 um, or later by epoch um, 219314 which is August 3rd at around um, half past midnight uh, to maintain consensus. For everyone else it's low priority update at your own convenience. Below is a list of the key changes and the full patch notes are on GitHub. So here we have a breaking change about exposing ports. The expose ports option for the execution client, the consensus client, MEV boost and Prometheus has changed. Instead of using a simple on and off checkbox, it's now a drop down with three selections where you can have closed, which is the same as off, open to local host, which is a new setting that allows connections from your local machine only. This is desirable for, by people that run nodes on virtual private services or in the cloud. So those ports aren't exposed to the internet directly and open to external host, which is same as previous on checkbox. If you previously had any checkbox enabled for exposing ports, such as if you miss them, um, if you use the machine as a fallback for a second node, you must select one of these options um, after upgrading to expose them again. Thanks for Fornax, Popash and Patches for contributing to this. A new feature, rolling records. Rolling records is a new feature that can be used by the Oracle DAO members and by node operators that opt in to generate their own rewards trees. It will continuously capture the attestation performance of the rocket pool network for the current reward interval in real time instead of doing the entire interval at the end. This makes creating and reporting the rewards tree at the end of each interval practically instantaneous rather than taking several hours. However, doing so will cause your node to generate a stable snapshot of the entire rocket pool network every four to six minutes which can be computationally intensive rolling records are only recommended for systems with extra cpu cycles and ram to spare rolling records are still experimental at this time and, and are opt-in updated nethermind nimbus prism and teku um, no in testing nimbus is now much more reliable when using a fallback client and set mainnet rewards interval version 12 to use reward spec number six an Oracle DAO must update to this before the next reward period. Several important bug fixes and improvements around nonce overrides and primary client sync checking thanks to patches. And then to install it, follow the guide and um, look at the information. And it says thanks to everyone. And then it says a thumbs up to this first post to get the node operator role. And you can read the patch notes in the GitHub that is linked in the post. So thank you, Joe, for your hard work and getting this uh, release out. Like Joe says, you know, this is um, 
recommended update for load operators and low priority for a certain load operators like myself oh no i'm actually no i've recommended for me um and uh, then for others you know it's low priority but for if you're odal this is a mandatory update and if you generate your own trees then you really need to update this version okay next we had some nice bit of news from the gmc vote so that reached quorum so let's have a look on the vote website and let me just change the screen here we go so um, here we have the update in the grants management committee so we have 5700 votes in favor of this 42 votes against this and 13 votes to abstain and that is 5700 votes out of required 5500 votes so we are now like nicely over quorum and um, you know some big votes came in voting for this including joe valdorf uh, myself ken uh, ramana uh, superphase etc so this is really nice that this vote will pass most likely of course because um, it's unlikely that you know those big users will change their votes to go against and uh, not only you know will enough of them change to go against that you know more node operators are unlikely to come online to um and to swing this way the, the vote the other way of course however the vote will close on august 3rd so most likely the gmc will start using this new system from september 1st which is really exciting like i'm really really excited about this because um, I really feel like, you know, it will help the GMC um, be much more effective at their jobs in terms of getting grants out more frequently because we'll be doing it every month. It'll help us pay all the community members who've done work in the past because we have a huge backlog of uh, retrospective awards that we haven't been able to pay out for months now. Um, so we'll be you know paying that out. And then also um, Shifrin's job as the GMC administrator will, you know, be established, um, which is really exciting. So... That's awesome stuff. Okay, next we have this really cool tweet from Chainlink who said that Chainlink price feeds reliably deliver high quality market data for broad range of assets on chain. We're integrating the RETH price feed and optimism to build secure DeFi markets around Rocket Pool's liquid staking token. So this is really wonderful. Um, it's so funny, right? Like, like how this main Chainlink post here then gets the main reply on that is this scam post like where they say two of two and there's a link to uh, a scam tweet so it's really easy to kind of get lost in this and twitter is honestly horrible to use right now because of this um it's just garbage every single post has these like scam replies to it but um and you're going back to the main point sorry about that little tangent um this is really wonderful because you know there's a lot of activity for uh, RETH on optimism and what will happen because of this is um, those um, oracle data you know like on beefy and like the aura and balancer stuff that's happening on, on optimism will be uh, a lot more reliable now and uh, a little bit less likely to be attacked so that's really really good to see let's move on from that um, next we have this um, screenshot from Invis with uh, like a like shocked face sorry you can't see my face <laughs> shocked face uh, image and this is um, PDAB bootstrap mode change reward distribution um, contract rocket claim trust node has been allocated 8% of the inflation and then uh, rocket claim uh, DAO has been allocated 22% of the inflation so here we can see what it looks like to um, change the rewards for the ODAO and the PDAO however there's a caveat here is that this is on Goalie, it's not on mainnet um, and you know Lang has hinted that they'll want to see 
uh, a rewards period or two on uh, Goli before they update it on Mainnet. Of course, the next rewards period on Mainnet is on August third, um, so late at night on the beginning morning of August third, late at night on August second, depending on how you look at it or where you are. But um, this this is on that one Goli. It's gone live, so they're gonna see how it works for a couple of cycles before they put it onto Mainnet. However, um, as you know, you know the ODAO uh, inflation uh, change vote went through along with the PDAO and the ODAO charters and in that um, the ODAO will be getting um, their pay cut in half pretty much from 15% to 8% in immediately which is this next rewards period and the PDAO will be getting their rewards increased from 15% to 22% and then over the course of the following year that will change to the ODAO getting uh, down to 1.5% which is a 90% reduction from where they were before and the PDAO get going up to 28.5%, which is nearly a 100% increase from where they were before. So this is really, really wonderful um, that, you know, this is happening and it's being tested right now by the team. And um, we'll see how it works on Goli for the next uh, next few days before it gets changed onto Minnet. Now, you might be saying, you know, why is WAC saying the team, the team, the team? That is, of course, because the team has control of the, the Guardian the PDAO guardian and that's a special uh, address that can control like parameters on rocket pool this was a source of fud recently where people were trying to claim that you know this is a point of uh, centralization of course it is a point of centralization but the we're actively working on fixing this where kane is developing an on-chain voting system that will remove the PDAO guardianship completely and it will um get rid of it so then then all voting will be on chain which means that any contract changes that will happen will be baked into the vote and as the vote passes then those changes will be made on chain using that um, system so it's really wonderful to to see that you know we're, we're constantly removing um, aspects of decentralization um i don't have the post handy but um oh actually it's pinned in trading let me show you guys it was really really cool to see um here we had this comment from Ramana who said I just wanted to say something about the ODAO I currently have no complaints I'm very grateful to Valdorf et al for and the ODAO for all the hard work they put into progressing us to a point where the charters have been voted into quorum and I think that's a really nice sentiment that Ramana shared here and it's one that I agree with because you know we have to remember that the ODAO just voted themselves a 90% pay cut and that is really rare to see um, in in um different places that right it's it goes kind of against their incentives right and um they're looking at the longer term picture of rocket pool and they're wanting rocket pool to be as decentralized as possible instead of um, them acting as a centralizing a point in the in the protocol and that of course is amazing to see okay next we had this um comment um from veterinary if you just give me one moment um I just need to yeah see this so what happened is there was this user on reddit on ETH finance who was trying to um, find out information uh, information about how much the rewards are available to like uh, withdraw your rewards and he says you know um, let me see this um, is the rocket pool deposit pool full now in that case RE should be commander premium to fair value right and it says no rocket scan shows that it's 62.8% um, full but the official state rocket pools shows that there's 28 uh, 24,000 ETH liquidity 
right now the protocol um, allows staking up to 8.5,000 and unstaking up to 14,500. The 24,000 ETH number on the website is a bug that's getting fixed. So let's, um, and then um, Alex Skef says, you know, they asked about it on the Discord and um, should get an answer soon. Well, people then went and talked about it on the Discord and um, Pateri says the message in the events is correct. Um, so Finbob says, does that answer how stake.rocketpool.net uh, arrives at 24,000 uh, ETH liquidity for burning our ETH though? Um, and it seemed like um, what happened was that the liquidity on the website is wrong. And um, you know, the, the liquidity number right here that the, that's at the bottom on the screenshot that Nosh was shared, there's a mistake there. And um, there's there's a, a bug basically. So what happened is that, um, we can just jump ahead a little bit. So Nosho says here is that the bug is that the deposit pool get excess balance plus our ETH get total collateral. That's double counting the deposit pool um, as a number. So there's a bug on the website. So um, if you are getting, you know, if you're trying to um, liquidate a whole lot of uh, our ETH, then um, sorry about that. <laughs> but there's still enough that the vast majority of Rocket Pool users will be able to liquidate their, their our ETH. But um, I think that will be um, fixed pretty quickly. And here, FinBob took that information as well and confirmed that it matches pretty much exactly. So I'm not sure to summarize says, if somebody wants to clear up this on Reddit, right now the protocol allows staking up to 8.5 uh, ETH, 8.5,000 ETH, and unstaking up to 14.5,000 ETH. The 24,000 ETH number on the website is a bug and um, Noshua let the person who works on the front end of the website um, know about it. And the front end of the website um, will hopefully get fixed soon. So that's nice. Okay, next we have this um, from Etherscan over here, which is um, which is a deposit into the smoothing pool. So here you can see Rocket Pool smoothing pool. That's where they went. And the deposit for the was value um, eight, uh, 0.2 ETH pretty much or oh, 8.19 ETH 8.18 ETH sorry um, which was which was really nice um, so this is a smoothing pool block that was uh, that came into um, the smoothing pool yesterday um, and it's one of the bigger ones that's come into the smoothing pool uh, for sure let's have a look on um, let's have a look over here and to see where the smoothing pool stands right now so uh, and this has blocks of everything it's so awesome um so right now the smoothing pool has a balance of uh, 237 eth um this is span of um, 18 days so there's still 10 days of rewards left to go and um yeah it's it's really nice that you know the uh, smoothing pool nodes we have 76.6 percent of nodes are in the smoothing pool and in terms of mini pools we have 57.7% uh, of mini pools in the smoothing pool. Um, that's that's really, really cool to see. So um, the rewards, of course, are a little bit lower than they have been in the past, but um, it's 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 respectable. Like the more activity on the Ethereum mainnet, the bigger the rewards. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. So yeah, smoothing pool's going well. Okay, next we have this update from um, State Garden, who um, were part of the hackathon at um, ETH uh, Paris, ETHCC in Paris that's just finished. And they um, were presenting a topic about the a new kind of um, LST, which is um, a self 
managed liquidity staking token portfolio that lets you make a token like an index basket basically that allows you to diversify and mitigate the risk keeping yourself in control so the way it works is with with their software you can so this is what the like a, i think it's just a test version at the moment it looks like you um create a portfolio I've, I've not played around with it too much yeah so you create a portfolio and you say like you know what the name of it is what your token symbol will be and then what balance you want to put of st eth and r eth in there uh, i think at the moment those are the only ones they allow and then you create uh, your own garden basically now this is a nice idea and everything because it'll kind of like help you um diversify like your uh um your uh, lst risk However, there are a couple of other issues that come up with this. One of them, of course, is a smart contract risk where, you know, you're kind of trusting the, uh, this uh, contract from State Garden. The second thing, of course, is that the token that you create will not be usable in DeFi. So one of the great things about um, RETH and STETH and others as well is that, you know, you can go and do stuff with that in DeFi, right? Like you can take your RETH to Gravita where you can deposit it, take out a loan in Gry and use that like to either um, leverage up or, you know, real world expenses. You can take it to Aave, you can take it to Balancer, a whole different bunch of places. You can take your RETH and do stuff with it. Um, with this stake garden token, like it'll be a unique token that's only for you and that won't have those same um, abilities. So um, you're kind of like um, restricting yourself uh, by, by getting a token like this. The only time this would really work is if there was like an IC ETH um, version that they had, um, basket, DC ETH, sorry, that's what it's called. If you had DC ETH where, you know, they build up enough liquidity uh, that it's used, usable in DeFi, even that one I don't think is has too much liquidity. Um, but if you can build up enough liquidity for a token like that, then that could be used in DeFi as a basket of tokens or an index. But before that, it's really not, you, it, you're like restricting yourself massively instead of just getting the tokens at the ratios that you want, um, you know, on a, either through the protocols like official means or on a, a decentralized exchange because you then can do so much more with those tokens. Um, it just adds like, you know, a tiny bit of friction, but I think you get much more in return for that. So uh, while this is a nice idea and they were one of the winners at ETCC, I think the the usefulness of the project isn't too too great. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I wish you all the best of luck, though. <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay, finishing up, there are a couple of things here um, that um, relate to Lido and Rocket Pool tangentially. But um, here we have this tweet from um, Tasper where he's talking about um, Justin Drake speaking at ETCC. So he says, listen to the Justin Drake MEV burn talk at ETCC. And what stood out to me was the asymmetric benefits for our ETH over STETH. The average reward is three times the median. Eliminating the variance will help the little guy. Since Rocket Pool is made up of thousands of little guys, this matters. Okay, I didn't actually like that and retweet that yet. Um, Desper says, uh, so you might say, what about the smoothing pool? The smoothing pool is great, but when there's a handful of blocks that can make up a huge chunk of the annual rewards, like 700 ETH in one block, then the lottery is too skewed. Rocket Pool would have to grow to dangerous levels to compete. Directly citing Rocket Pool's collateral system, Justin Drake um, also notes that MEV stealing is the first major factor for determining the minimum bond required. With no MEV to steal, he notes that Rocket Pool can lower the imposed bond 
below eight ETH. What if? Oh, so I'll actually talk about that for a second before I go back to what Jasper was saying. This is a really, really interesting point because anytime we talk about any kind of um, changes to the protocol, like, you know, adding a smoothing pool for uh, solo stakers that can join the Rocket Pool smoothing pool, for example, or other discussions that are going on, like the main one, of course, you know, LEB8s, LEB2s, potentially even lower in the future. The main question that always gets asked is what about MEV theft? Right, because what can happen is the node operator can see that a big block is going to come in and they can change the address that that um, goes to uh, bypassing you know where it's supposed to go and um, they can steal that basically and if the amount is big enough the punishment will be smaller than the amount that they could potentially uh, gain now there's no evidence that that ever happened rocket pool and it's an open uh, bounty right now uh, for the GMC to consider pair funding where there's going to be some kind of um, MEV theft uh, uh, watching mechanism happening but until then you know we just kind of have to like see things as they happen and for the community to kind of catch it and so far we haven't seen any MEV theft take place however um, it's a possibility it's always a possibility right so um, having no MEV to steal means that um, you know the LEB4s LEB2s even can become a reality uh, much more easily than um, than they are right now because right now we need like a bunch of things to go our way like forced exits and all this other kind of stuff but with um, with that we'll definitely be in a really really great position now then um, the question is like what if this back to jasper what if the 32 eth floor is dropped to so the minimum amount needed to stake on the validator if that's dropped from 32 eth down to like for example 8 eth jasper goes on to say if the ethereum protocol drops the requirement to 8 eth we might see rocket pool nodes validating with only 0.5 eth of collateral at the same time returns are stabilized and the high pure eth returns from 15 percent commission are now more valuable as eth is inherently more scarce importantly mev burn does not improve the efficiency of lido they rely on social capital not real capital so eliminating mev will only serve to hurt their economies of scale praise the little guy and you can watch the full talk there's a link there so again look you're getting spam um junk um, um uh, replies twitter's horrible um and then uh Loki says, I get your point, but this uh, helped the little guy by ensuring everyone earns less, including the little guy. I think here there's like a really interesting point, right? So if the MEV is burned instead of the MEV going to node operators, that might reduce your rewards by one, maybe even 2%, depending on like certain calculations. However, I think the gain of, of that is what happens is the Ethereum network becomes so much better because of the MEV burn. Right now, some of the things that are happening with MEV will just not be tolerated in like TradFi, like, you know, front running, sandwich attacks, um, all of that kind of stuff that happens is, it makes it a bad experience to use Ethereum in some ways. Um, and by removing those incentives, um, I think Ethereum just becomes a much better uh, product overall. You know, it is at the cost of uh, income for node operators, but I think it's, it's a cost worth paying, but that's just my opinion. Um, I am not an Ethereum researcher or anything like that. So and there are other people who know much better than I do. Um, and please listen to them instead of listening to me. Okay, and finally, we have this um, podcast that uh, Vitalik appeared on. Um, and um, in the podcast, 
he talked a lot about uh, Lido dominance. So at around 16 minutes and 40 seconds, Vitalik discussing like different threats of Lido's dominance, including things like Lido governance could get attacked, Lido smart contract um, system might have a bug of some kind. And the main thing would be like if there's any social um, slashing situation where you know the the community kind of has to fork ethereum at that point lido's governance like they could throw their weight around in any kind of uh, controversial social decisions and um what's happening is the research are fully intent in stamping their foot down against lido and letting the too big to fail people fail so let me just give an example right if there is a bug with Lido smart contract somehow our Lido like system that their node operators use and all of the Lido stake gets slashed for example like that would be a horrible situation and I'm not saying that this is going to happen but you know we have seen some Lido um, validators get slashed before but I'm not saying that that's that's going to happen I'm just saying if it happens then that's 30 to 33 percent of the stake basically that will get slashed and Lido will be the really tough situation right now in that situation they would probably want to fork the ethereum network to reach a state where those validators are not slashed however um, this idea of letting the too big to fail people fail i think is really important where we we need to be in a position now where um like if you you know if you f up then um there's there's nothing that you know we as the community at large can do about that and of course this kind of thing also applies in other situations as well where for example if usdc um get, or usdt gets some kind of bug and all of it gets locked up or all of it gets you know um lost somehow um then at that point you know if they are demanding uh an ethereum fork um how will Lido respond in that situation, right? Being, you know, such a big part of the stake. What will they do in that situation? Um, will they let them too big to fail people fail or not? Um, and these are some really, really like important existential questions for Ethereum where, where not just Lido, but when any service gets too big, they start to exert a pressure on the protocol that kind of reduces the impartiality of the protocol itself and um, the decentralization of the protocol right and at that point like you know we really need to see um how we would um tolerate that situation as a community but also what we can do to stop that situation from arising so for example with lido you know they have such a big amount of stake the way that we stop lido from having such amount of uh, of influence on the protocol would be by encouraging other staking services like rocket pool and others to take their share and by taking their share, then the pressure, the the pressure and influence takes on Ethereum would be more in line, like with tolerable amounts from the community, rather than um, this outsized amount that they that they have at the moment. Um, so yeah, um, with with that in mind, I'm going to end today's episode. Um, I I really hope that I can go back to a morning cadence, and um, hopefully that will be the situation from now going forward. However. Um, maybe maybe that will work or maybe it won't work but if it does that would be really amazing but anyway i hope you all had a lovely weekend um i'm still traveling and i get back home late tonight on monday night so from tomorrow hopefully i'll be back on my normal uh, cadence but um until then i hope you all have are all good and i will see you all tomorrow bye